somebody if they just stared at you make sure you ain't sitting next to them this morning uh, find somebody else give them a high five uh, tell them I got victory hallelujah yeah Woo. amen you can be seated for a few moments if you can this morning It is highly flammable in this service this morning. I promise you, if you light a match, the whole place about to go up. I promise you, just give me one little excuse this Hallelujah. My God, go ahead. Somebody give him a praise in this you got to just pardon us for a moment uh, if you only knew where God brought us from uh, and if you only understood why. Uh, I know you see us in a suit uh, and a dress, uh, but I come to tell you, uh, I've got to give him praise.
Lord, yes! My God, my God, my God, my God! I know it's Memorial Day. I know we got a house full of guests in the building. But to God be the glory for everything he's done. If you've got one reason to praise him, open up your mouth and shout right. If you've got breath in your body today, open up your mouth and give him. Woo! My, 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 my. Woo! Glory. Glory. Somebody said, I ain't never been in church like this before. Baby, you got to get used to it. Uh, because in the heavenlies, uh, there's an entire host uh, that are assigned to our Lord and Savior uh, that cry, holy, 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 uh, holy, 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 uh, day and night, night and day, holy, holy. Uh, and if they can praise him 24-7, uh, we ought to take just a moment right now uh, to declare his glory. Clap your hands one more time in this sanctuary. Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? All right, we're, we're, we're going to try a second time. Shake somebody's hand on the way to your seat. Tell them I, I, I didn't mean to get so excited. Woo. My God. There's people had to fight devils just to be here this morning. There's some people that had to look fear in the face uh, just to get out of the bed this morning. There's some people who climbed over mountains and, and went through valleys all week long just to get in the house. If you think we're going to show up uh, and just go through a routine, uh, baby, that's something in me that recognizes uh, the presence of the Lord in this. Hallelujah. Y'all acting crazy. Y'all acting crazy. Something about to happen in this place. Some of us came for a picnic, uh, but some of us came for the glory of God today. Some of us came just to have a good time, but somebody else came to touch the hem of his garment. Baby, pardon me. Excuse me. I don't mind you sitting there as long as you don't mind if I press my way into the presence of the almighty God. I need a miracle. I need a breakthrough. I need a healing. Come on, if you need something from God, you ought to throw your hands up in the air. 
only having one service today, baby. You might as well double up on your praise. You might as well double up on your worship. You might as well bring the double portion. I don't know if you can hear this on the internet, but that's something uh, moving in the atmosphere uh, of the house of the Lord this morning. There's an expectation uh, of the supernatural. Uh, there's an expectation. in this house. Amen. Amen. Would you join me one more time in clapping your hands and welcoming all of our guests and our visitors that are here in the house of the Lord Rock Church. I need to borrow your hands and your voice for just a moment. Help me show them some Rock Church love in the building. Come on. Amen. Amen. You can be seated for just a few moments. Amen. So good to have all of our guests and visitors in the house of the Lord with us today. We are so delighted that you took time out of your week to come and celebrate with us this morning and worship the Lord in his house. Amen. I see a house full of people in the building. We've got some guests and people up in the balcony this morning. Would you help me give it up for everybody streaming online this morning that's watching the service? Amen. We've got a, a special day prepared, a great time of worship, which we have already been having in the building. Amen. And we are anticipating amazing things. Uh, and then immediately after the service, we've got an incredible Memorial Day celebration planned, a time, great time of fellowship. Somebody shouted for the food right there. They just... <laughs> they remember that when I I was glad when they said unto me let us go outside and eat some barbecue amen we're going to have a great time in the house uh, in the house of the Lord 
And uh, I want to take just a quick moment uh, this morning. Of course, this is Memorial Day weekend. And uh, as a country, we take this opportunity to remember all of those who have given the ultimate price for freedom, which is their very life. Amen. I've had the privilege uh, over my lifetime of traveling uh, to many, many countries around the world. And I can attest to you that despite its challenges, despite its idiosyncrasies and the challenges of the day, the Lord has blessed us to live in the greatest country on the planet Earth. We ought to thank God for the privilege. I said we ought to thank God for the privilege. And we experience a freedom in this country is certainly on a religious front that is incomparable in any other country in the world. And it would be remiss of us as a church to sit in the freedom of worship that we have already been experiencing this morning and not take a moment to give honor to those who have given their life so that we could do what we're doing today. Amen. If, if you're here this morning and you are currently serving in the military or if you have ever served in the military, we'd like you to stand, uh, amen, across this house. If you are currently or have ever served, would you help me give them great honor? I think we ought to give them a standing ovation all across this house. Come on, let's recognize the servicemen and servicewomen. Amen. We give you great honor today. And while we certainly take the time, uh, most of us have Monday off of work. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And while we certainly enjoy the accoutrements of a holiday week, uh, we want to take the time to ensure that as we celebrate this weekend and enjoy our time together, that we do not forget those that have given their life so that we could live ours. Amen, somebody. Amen. How many of you thank God for the amazing things that he's doing in this house? This past Thursday, Robert was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. I think we ought to give God a praise for that. Saturday, yesterday, Jasmine was baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of her sins. And I think we ought to just go ahead and give God a praise for those that are going to be baptized and receive the Holy Ghost today. We ought to give him a praise in advance this morning for what he's about to do in this place. <laughs> Amen. Stand with me all over this house. I want to hasten to the word of the Lord this morning. I'm going to be reading from the book of Mark chapter number 5. And while you're turning to Mark chapter number five, amen, let me remind you that next Sunday, tell your neighbor next Sunday, tell your other neighbor next Sunday, next Sunday is all in Sunday. Whoa. 
And I'm telling you, God is in the midst of setting this church up for an absolutely incredible future. And uh, we, we are going to take the, first, we take the first Sunday of every month and we come together with a focused effort uh, on the destiny and the future of this house. And one of the ways that we do that is we have pledged, all of us in this building, we have made particular financial pledges separate from our normal tithing and offering uh, that is being directed specifically at preparing ourselves for the doors that God is going to open for this house. Amen, somebody. It's Memorial Day. We've got many, 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 many families traveling and visiting family and graduation weekends, and the building is still full all the way across the floor of this house with people sitting in the balcony. In the next year or two, we're going to be out of room in this sanctuary completely. And we can't wait to get ready. We've got to be paradigm leaders and start preparing for what the Lord is doing. Amen? So let's come next Sunday excited with vision in our spirit. Let's remember our financial pledges for all in. Let's bring those to the house of the Lord. Amen. As we uh, operate in one mind and one accord with what the Lord is doing. Amen. Amen. The book of Mark chapter number 5 is where I want to invite you to read the word of the Lord with me this morning. <clears throat> Mark chapter 5 verse Number one says, and they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him no not with chains because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces neither could any man tame him and always Night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him. And cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. He asked him, what is thy name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. 
And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him saying, send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith uh, Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits uh, went out uh, and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place uh, into the sea. They were about 2,000 uh, and were choked uh, in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And for a few moments this morning, I simply want to preach about a tale from the tomb. A tale from the tomb. Would you put your Bibles down and clap your hands one more time unto the Lord all across this place. Come on, if you came with faith in your heart, ready for what the Lord is going to do in this place. Give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Amen. You may be seated this morning. The first thing that I want to bring to your attention this morning is the fact that this encounter between Jesus and this man of the gatherings was not happenstance. This was not an encounter that was the byproduct or uh, the secondary result uh, of a primary ministry objective. But the Bible is very clear uh, to notate to us uh, that there was great intentionality uh, concerning Jesus uh, and this encounter uh, with the man from Gadara. We find Jesus in uh, the city limits of Galilee uh, when almost out of nowhere uh, he speaks to his disciples, uh, almost interrupting his current assignment uh, and says, let us go uh, to uh, the other side. It is almost as if something uh, from the other side uh, has captivated his uh, attention. Uh, it was just a couple of years ago, as a matter of fact, December of 2020, my wife and I made a brief trip to Southern California to celebrate the marriage of Brother Trevor and his precious wife. And while we were there, I happened to be having a conversation 
with Pastor Bertram from Lakeside, California. And really on a spontaneous remark, he said, let's jump in the truck and go for a ride into the mountainside. We jumped into his truck really with no particular destination in mind. And we begin to weave our way into the mountainside of Southern California. Our objective was to see if we could see any wildlife. We took the binoculars, had our cameras ready. But as the day was approaching the evening, we realized that we were not going to see anything out in the wild that day. We had turned around and were meandering, trying to find our way back to uh, the house. And as we were driving down a random road, all of a sudden there was something that caught our attention from the corner of our eye as we were conversing back and forth uh, and we quickly drove past. Uh, we realized that there was a person perhaps uh, off of the side of the road in uh, an abandoned parking lot uh, and it seemed at the last moment as if maybe uh, they had been waving at us. Uh, somebody waving is not an uncommon occurrence uh, but there was something that hit both of us at that very moment uh, that said I think uh, that person is trying to get our attention we quickly turned the vehicle around and drove back to the spot where the vehicle was but we didn't see anybody there and so we pulled into the parking lot and next to the vehicle which had its hood opened up and as we pulled up to the vehicle there was a young lady sitting inside of the vehicle. She was shivering. It was December in Southern California up in the mountains. And the weather was fairly frigid. It was very, very cold. And if you are up in the mountains overnight uh, in that, those kind of conditions, uh, uh, unprepared, it, it would almost certainly spell uh, danger for you. Uh, and she was in the vehicle. The sun was getting ready to set, uh, and her hood was open. And when she saw us pull up next to her, she got out of the vehicle. Uh, she was shivering cold, uh, and she said, Thank God you stopped. Uh, I was hoping that somebody would see me. Uh, she said, My vehicle won't start. Uh, and so immediately we looked at, at the vehicle and she said, I think my battery is dead. Uh, and so we found some jumper cables. As a matter of fact, she had jumper cables there with her. Uh, and as I prepared to put the jumper cables on the vehicle, something in my mind re remembered something and I, I reached down and felt the, the cable connected to the battery and it was very loose and so I, I just gave it a twist and a push and tightened the cable and I said ma'am I don't think your vehicle needs to be jumped. It looks like you just have a loose battery cable. She got inside the vehicle and she turned the key and immediately the vehicle started right up and you could see a look of relief come uh, upon her face uh, and she stepped back out of the vehicle thanking us uh, for stopping by to give her a hand uh, and right as I was handing the cables back to her uh, I just felt something I don't know what it was uh, we'll, we'll call it the Lord prompting me uh, but, but I looked at her and I said ma'am uh, here's the cables it looks like your car is running okay uh, I said but are you okay 
And when I said that, uh, she dropped her head. Uh, and all of a sudden, uh, her shoulders began to bounce uh, as she began to cry. Uh, and I heard a squeaky voice uh, begin to speak through sobs. Uh, and she said, no, I'm not okay. Uh, this was somebody we had never met before, never seen. We happened upon her uh, on a chance. Uh, and all of a sudden, as she began to cry, uh, she looked up as tears were rolling down her face. Uh, and she said, sir, I know this sounds weird, uh, but could you just, could I just give you a hug? The pastor was standing next to me, uh, and I looked at her, and I said, Ma'am, uh, we'll do something even more than give you a hug. Uh, I said, Can I pray for you? Uh, she began to shake her head, yes. Uh, as she stepped to us, uh, I laid my hands on that woman, uh, and I began to pray over her. Uh, and as I began to pray, uh, something began to happen in that parking lot. Uh, I began to pray, God, you know every situation. Uh, you know every need. Uh, you know every detail uh, and I begin to pray the peace of God uh, I begin to pray the blessing uh, and the strength of God over her life uh, but all of a sudden uh, it was like a spirit of intercession came on me uh, and I begin to pray prophetically uh, and I said ma'am uh, I feel like God is telling me to tell you uh, that he hears you uh, and he sees exactly where you are uh, I don't know what you're doing here uh, but God told me to tell you uh, that he hears you uh, and when I said that uh, she folded in half uh, and almost fell on the ground weeping and crying uh, and I began to pray uh, the hand of God on her life uh, when we finished praying uh, and she gained her composure uh, she said sir uh, you don't even understand uh, the reason I'm up here in these mountains uh, I've been driving all day long on the roads uh, screaming at the top of my lungs uh, saying, God, uh, if you hear me, uh, I need you. Uh, and I didn't feel like he heard me. Uh, and I didn't feel like I could touch him. Uh, and then I didn't understand why uh, my car died out. Uh, I'll tell you why, ma'am. Uh, it's because God heard you. Uh, he heard your cry. Uh, he heard your plea uh, for help. Uh, and while you thought you were by yourself uh, in the mountains, uh, in your car, there was a God in the heavens that was listening to you. That man from Gadara, the Bible said, was by himself and he was in the tombs and he was crying the Bible says day and night he was in a place where it didn't seem like anybody could hear him didn't seem like anybody could reach him but while that man was crying there was a God in heaven who stepped out of his role in a city across the ocean and said I hear the cry of a man in trouble I came to preach to somebody in the building I don't know who you are and I don't know where you are but I came to preach to you that God hears you and God sees you and God knows every detail of your situation and your circumstance and you're not here on accident you're not here just by happenstance you're not here just because somebody invited you but there is an opportunity for a divine encounter in this place today.
comes across the ocean, comes across the sea. There is a man possessed by a legion of demons. I want to stop for just a moment this morning to preach to us that we often underestimate the power of demonic oppression. And oftentimes what we misdiagnose as demonic possession is really demonic oppression. You understand that the devil does not have autonomous authority to just enter and exit a human vessel. As a matter of fact, before he could leave the demon, he was commanded by Jesus. Before they could enter the swine, they had to have, come on somebody. A devil cannot just possess a person. There has to be some level of the door being opened. There has to be an acquiescence of that individual a submission of that individual uh, to open up the door uh, and so in lieu of possession uh, we underestimate the power uh, of demonic oppression uh, demonic influence uh, that tries to move and press uh, upon the thoughts and the action uh, and the activity of men uh, and a person can be so oppressed uh, that you think they are possessed This man was possessed by a legion of devils. And the Bible says that this possession of the demons had created a scenario by which this man had become isolated from society. What he was dealing with caused him to come to a place where he could no longer operate within the normalized boundaries of civilized humanity. And somewhere he separates himself from everybody else. And it wasn't just an accident that he chooses the destination of the tombs. He leaves the society that he lived in. And the Bible says that night and day that he was inside of the tombs. Oh, his demonic activity had created a scenario where he could no longer maintain human relationships. He could no longer maintain the day-to-day activities of normal society. And the control of the demons had come to a place that this man had removed himself into the tombs. And it is interesting to understand that the emphasis of his deliverance is not the chains. And the emphasis of his deliverance is not even uh, the demons per se. But the emphasis of his deliverance was that later on when they saw him, they commented that he was in his right mind. The thing to them that they noticed was different was that he was back in his right mind. You know what that tells me? That the devil is not after your stuff. He's after your mind. 
Oh, I came to preach this morning uh, until a devil bust uh, for the back door. Uh, I came to tell somebody, uh, the devil's not after your car. Uh, he's after your mind. Uh, he's not after your house. Uh, he's after your mind. Uh, he's not after your career. Uh, the devil is after uh, your mind. Uh, he understands if I can get the head, uh, then I've got the whole body. Uh, if I can get your mind, uh, then I can get your marriage. Uh, if I can get your mind, uh, I can sabotage your career. Uh, if I can get your mind, uh, I can sabotage uh, your destiny. I came to jerk uh, the cover uh, off of an enemy today uh, that's after your thoughts. Uh, he's after your mind. Uh, he's after your thinking. Uh, he's after you. Come on, somebody in the building. Sometimes it's a fight for your mind. The enemy wants to fill your mind full of fear. He wants to fill your mind full of discouragement. He wants to fill your mind full of depression. He wants to fill your mind full of bitterness. He wants to fill your mind full of thoughts that tell you to give up. He wants to fill your mind full of thoughts that tell you to throw in the towel. He wants you to fill your mind full of thoughts that tell you it's over with. But I came to declare war this morning against every devil in hell. I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind. I plead the blood of Jesus over my thoughts. I came to preach to somebody that the devil is a liar. I said the devil is. It's time for somebody in the building to remember that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the, the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down uh, imagination. Uh, somebody in the building needs to reach up uh, and start casting down uh, those imaginations. Uh, start casting down uh, those thoughts. Uh, you will live uh, and you shall not die. Uh, I speak life over you. Uh, I speak, come on, somebody in the building. He's not after your money. He's after your mind. He's not after your car. Come on, somebody. He's after your way of thinking. And there are particular voices of influence that are nothing more than demonic imposters. That are nothing more than demonic tricksters disguised as the voice of friends that are sent on assignment from hell to bring confusion to you. That are sent on assignment from hell to cause you to fear. That are sent on assignment from hell to cause you, come on, I'm preaching to somebody. 
you got to get the word in your spirit uh, that understands God is not the author uh, of confusion. Uh, and when you leave that conversation uh, full of confusion, uh, it ought to be a sign to you uh, that they are being used uh, by demonic influence uh, to try and affect uh, your thing. My God, I'm preaching to somebody in the building. Uh, that's why the word of the Lord tells us uh, to gird up the loins uh, of your mind. Uh, you've got to guard your thoughts. Uh, you've got to guard your heart. Uh, you've got to take a stand uh, against those voices uh, that want to speak to you, uh, that want to influence. He's after your thoughts. If he can sow seeds of doubt, if he can sow seeds of bitterness, well, I'm preaching right now. You see, none of these things come to you in full form of maturation because they would be unacceptable to you in their full form of maturation. If you could look at it and identify what bitterness looks like grown up, you'd say, there's no way I want that in my life. If you could look at what those things, uh, you'd say, I wouldn't want that. So the trick of the enemy uh, is he brings it to you in a seed format. Uh, because a seed looks innocuous. Uh, a seed is almost unidentifiable. Uh, it's hard to tell what that thing even is. Uh, and he'll plant seeds of bitterness. Uh, he'll plant seeds uh, of, of division. Uh, he'll plant seeds uh, inside of your mind. Uh, Oh, I came to preach. Uh, that's why the Bible says one of the things uh, that the Lord hates uh, is a sower uh, of discord. Uh, somebody that runs around uh, planting seeds. Uh, a sower uh, plants seeds uh, and they're seeds uh, of discord. Uh, little remarks here and there uh, that cause you to question things. Uh, little remarks here and there uh, that cause you to be confused about things. Uh, little remarks I came uh, to preach to you uh, that the devil uh, is after your mind. He's after your thinking. He's not going to show up at your front door uh, with a pitchfork uh, and a fork tail and horns. Uh, you would reject that version of him. Uh, it's an inside job. Uh, all he has to do is find a carnal family member. Uh, all he has to do is find a carnal friend. Uh, all he has to do uh, is find uh, your BFF uh, in a moment of disobedience uh, to speak a word uh, that puts a thought uh, the devil is after uh, your mind. Come on, somebody. The devil knows if you lose your mind, you'll lose your career. If you lose your mind, you'll lose your walk with God. If you lose your mind, you'll lose your marriage. If you lose your mind, uh, you'll lose your children. Uh, who am I preaching to? Uh, he's after uh, your mind. He's not after what you have. He's after what you think. Because he understands the scripture better than some of us. That as a man thinketh, so is he. 
I don't have to wreck your destiny. All I got to do is influence your thoughts. They took notice that he was in his right mind. The devil had taken over his mind. The devil had intercepted his thought processes. I don't know what it looked like when it began, but at some point, this man had a normal life. At some point, he was part of society. I don't know. He may have had, the Bible says he was well known in the community. He probably had a whole family and friends, but somewhere he let the enemy gain access to his mind. And he began to struggle with his thoughts. It always, you always lose the battle in the mind before it ever shows up on the outside. When you see a man divorce his wife, that wasn't the moment he divorced her. He divorced her way back here in his mind. When you see somebody walk out on God, uh, their last service uh, was not the point at which they made a decision. Uh, the enemy was at work in their mind uh, for a long time, uh, and he took control of the mind uh, before it ever showed up. I feel like the Lord is holding me here for a moment. Uh, that's why it is dangerous for you uh, to leave your carnal mind uh, unchecked. Uh, that's why it's dangerous for you uh, to harbor thoughts uh, of self-will uh, and self-loathing uh, because eventually uh, it is the bedrock uh, upon which the enemy builds uh, his chambers of captivity uh, concerning your thinking. Uh, don't you understand the Bible says uh, that the carnal mind is the enemy of God. It is not subject to the law of God and neither indeed can be. The problem began to grow and grow and grow till finally he was wrestling with something inside of him that was destroying him from the inside out. We often look at people who are exhibiting destructive behavior and we immediately want to assign blame to other people. The fact of the matter, it's an inside problem. And what had taken his mind captive was so strong that the scripture says when it was released from him into the swine that the swine violently ran down a hill and choked in the sea. You understand that in the animal kingdom there is an innate sense of survival inside of every animal including the swine that has a natural aversion to danger. It was not in the nature of that swine to get in the water because the water represented death. The water represented danger. But when your mind is under attack, you don't even recognize danger. 
and instead of running from it, uh, they ran straight in uh, to it. Uh, I've watched people uh, who have surrendered their mind to demonic influence. Uh, they begin to lose all sense uh, of danger and the demons inside of their mind uh, begin to breed a culture uh, of self-destruction. Uh, those swan, do you understand uh, that what that man was withstanding? Uh, the demons inside of him uh, were trying to destroy him. Uh, if they could, uh, it wouldn't have been the swine drowning. Uh, it would have been the man drowning. Uh, but something inside of him uh, was grappling with something so powerful uh, that it killed. I'm preaching uh, to some people in the building uh, that nobody even understands uh, the strength of what you've been dealing with. Uh, People don't even understand uh, the strength and complexity uh, of what you've been dealing with uh, on the inside of you. Uh, But I came to preach to you uh, that there is a God that showed up this morning uh, and before Before that devil ever uh, destroys you, uh, there is a God in the building. uh. Bible says this, that he began to cut himself with stones. You study it in psychology. But wherever there is self-mutilation, it is indicative of somebody dealing with the sense of self-worthlessness. It's not that everybody else thinks they're worthless. It's they have convinced themselves that they are worthless. And I can help somebody who's being hurt by somebody else. I can step in and I can mediate and I can help somebody who's being hurt by, but you can't help somebody who's mutilating themselves. I'm about to preach up in this building. You see, because what happens uh, is they project the pain onto everybody around them. It's their fault I'm like this. Uh, It's their fault uh, I'm like this. Nobody cut them. uh, They cut themselves. uh, And then they'll walk around displaying the pain and the anger uh, and assign blame. Uh, It's self-mutilation. Can I tell you uh, that there's only one answer uh, for self-mutilation? You've got to get them uh, into the presence uh, of an all mighty God. You've got to get them in the presence of the king of kings. You've got to get them under the influence of a great God. My God, who am I preaching to? I'll tell you what you need. You don't need better friends. You don't need a psychiatrist. You need Jesus. This was demonic activity. It was demonic thoughts that told him nobody even wants to be around you. It was demonic thoughts. And now the same demon that isolates, causes him to isolate himself, now wants to tell him that everybody else has isolated themselves from you. They were in the same place they've always been. But his mind, his mind was under the controlling captivity. You know, the Bible says 
that all kind of people had tried to help him. All kind of people came and said, hey, this man's going to hurt himself. He keeps cutting himself. One day he's going to kill. And they, they tried to put change. You know, those chains represented their attempt uh, at tempering him. Uh, hey, you, you, you can't do that. You're, you're going to hurt you. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible said no man uh, could tame him. Uh, he would break every attempt uh, that they made to help him. Uh, he would shake off. Uh, every. And when you get somebody uh, that's got demonic activity, uh, that has captured their thoughts, uh, everything you do to try to help them, uh, they break the chain. Uh, they won't listen to counsel. Uh, they break the chain. Uh, they won't listen to godly wisdom. Uh, they break the chain. Uh, they don't care what the preaching of the word says. Uh, they break the chain. Uh, I don't care what you're trying to do uh, to control me. Uh, I don't care. They view everything uh, from a viewpoint of control. To the man whose mind is bound, those chains were not help. They were bondage. Watch people, their minds so taken up in captivity that there's nothing you can do to help them except get them in the presence of God. Demonic activity, cutting himself, crying day and night. Hanging out in the tombs, place of death. You know what they would have told him in today's society? Before we surmise what they would have told him, let me tell you what they would not have told him. They would not have told him, sir, you're dealing with demonic activity. They would not have told him that. They would not have told him, sir, what you need is to surrender to Jesus. I'll tell you what society would tell you today. You're bipolar. I know, I know. I, I'm about to back a devil up in the corner. Huh? Now hear me good. I understand that there are legitimate moments and seasons and situations where there are biological imbalances in the body that cause particular mental health issues. I understand that those things do happen. I understand that there can be hormonal imbalances that cause particular behavioral traits. But can I preach to you that by and large, that has been a hiding place for demonic activity. And those things have become euphemisms uh, to demonic oppression uh, and euphemisms uh, to demonic activity. Uh, and instead of addressing a demon, uh, they'll tell you you're bipolar. Uh, instead of addressing a demon, uh, they'll tell you you're schizophrenic. Uh, instead of addressing uh, the demonic activity, uh, they'll tell you you've got a condition uh, that was caused by the way that you were raised. Uh, but I came uh, to jerk the cover uh, off of those things. Uh, why? Uh, because if they can get you uh, to take a pill, uh, then you'll never call on the master. Uh, and if they can give you a shot, uh, you'll never bow your knees to pray. Uh, if they can convince you uh, that it's a medical problem, uh, you'll never cry out uh, to the God uh, of your salvation. 
people bound by demons uh, that are taking shots uh, instead of getting in an altar to pray. Uh, People that are bound by fear uh, taking pills uh, instead of having a prayer meeting. Uh, People that are bound, come on, uh, I'm not backing up uh, one inch. Uh, We see you, devil. Uh, We see exactly uh, who you are. Uh, You can't counsel them free. You can't medicate them free. I'll tell you what they need. They need the authority and the power of his name and his blood. Those chains won't fix it. Those chains can't handle it. And at the end of the day, all you're doing is holding at bay demonic activity. But I came to preach to you that when Jesus showed up on the seashore of Gadara, it doesn't matter how much bondage he was in. It didn't matter how much control they had over him. That man still possessed the self-will. And the Bible says that he ran to where Jesus was. He ran. I don't care what kind of hell you've been facing. I don't care what kind of bondage. There's no devil in hell that can stop you from running to an altar. There's no devil in hell that can stop you from getting a breakthrough. There's no I understand exactly where I am this morning uh, because in this building the church is a hospital uh, and in this building are not just people uh, but in those people's spirits uh, there are demons that have tried to hitchhike uh, on your mind and in your life uh, and I already know their response. You understand This is really the only recorded activity that happened in Gadara. He leaves Galilee, goes across the lake of Tiberias, the Sea of Tiberias, to Gadara. And when he's finished with the the man from Gadara, he jumps in a boat and goes right back to God. He was there on purpose. And if you read the chapter before, the Bible says that as they were on their way, there arose a great tempest. It was a storm that any good sailor would have seen coming. If they would have known there were stormy seas, they would have never jumped in the boat. They would have said, let's wait. Let's go another time. They were prepared. It came from nowhere. Why? I believe the storm was not natural. It was supernatural. Because the moment Jesus turned and said, let's go to the other side, all of the demons in that island of Gadara began to raise up. And that storm was a manifestation station uh, of demonic activity uh, that said don't you dare come any closer uh, don't you dare come over here uh, the storm was designed uh, to keep the deliverance uh, from happening uh, but I came to preach to you uh, that no storm in hell uh, nothing you're facing uh, can stop your God from getting to where you're at uh, there's no situation that you're dealing with uh, that your God cannot find you
I sense it in the building right now. There's some of you that had to brave the waves and the wind that are trying to stop you from your breakthrough. All hell is broke loose in your life. I came to preach to you. It's not an accident. It's not just life. It's not your neighbor. It's not your husband. There are demons that are after your mind. And it's time for you to recognize what's going on this morning. Jesus steps to the bow of the boat and shouts, peace, be still. And the demonic activity has to step back. And you understand that the moment Jesus arrives, the demons are already aware of his arrival. They understood he was coming. I came to preach to somebody that the resistance you've been feeling is because every devil that has your name as their assignment understood that this day was coming, that this morning was coming, that this moment of deliverance and the devil has done everything he can to keep you out, to hold you back and to stop you. But I declare that today you're coming out. Today you're coming out. Who am I preaching to? Who am I preaching to this morning? I'm not living another day in this hell. I'm not living another week under this tyranny. I'm Today, you're coming out. I need somebody to connect your faith with what I'm preaching right now. I know you're weak. I know you're vulnerable. I know you've been under attack. But greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. If you lift your hands right now and begin to connect with what God's doing in the building, God is about to bring you out. Come on. I'm praying right now that God clears your eyes, that God clears your vision, that you begin to see things for what they really are, that you begin to witness it. Come on. I'm preaching to somebody that God's trying to reach you before you destroy yourself. God's trying to reach you before you lose everything. God's trying to reach you before you throw your life away. God's trying to reach you before it's too late. I want you to hear me. Hear 
Here is the response of the demons to Jesus' presence. They said, have you come to thwart us before our time? You want to know what that means? We have an assigned and an allotted time to accomplish our goal and assignment for this individual. And you're interrupting our time frame. In other words, we still have time left on the clock to try and destroy. We almost had him. We've almost got him destroyed. We've almost got her where we want her. But Jesus said, time is up. I don't care what you thought your time was. When God shows up, it's over with. I came to preach to somebody in the building. Time's up, devil. I'm coming out of this. Time's up, devil. I'm getting my freedom today. Time's up, devil. It's time for victory. Time's up, devil. Somebody in the building right now needs to stand to your feet and lift your hands. You're coming out today. You're coming out of this today. You're coming out. You're coming out. Come on, stand all over this house. Come on, stand all over this house. Somebody lift up your hands. Somebody lift up your hands. Come on. Uh. Come on, somebody lift your hands. Uh. Have you come to torment us? Before our time, somebody needs to punch the expiration clock on the devils that have been assigned to your life this morning. Somebody needs to jump out of your pew and run to this altar. Come on. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You've been wondering why you struggle to get out of your pew and get to an altar. That's not a personality issue. That's not a timing issue. There's demonic forces that want to keep you from the deliverance. Come on. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You need to jump out of your pew and run to this altar right now. You need to move out of your pew and let the devil know you're not holding me back another service. You're not keeping me back another day. You're not, come on, I'm coming out of this. Come on, here they come, here they come. Come on, all over this building. Come on, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you ought to be moving and responding right now. If you've got the Holy Ghost, something in you ought to be responding and moving to what God is. Come on, here they come. Get as close as you can. Get as close as you can. Get as close as you can. Come on, bring that struggle into the presence of the Lord. Bring that fear into the presence of the Lord. Drag your discouragement into the presence of God. Drag that confusion into the presence of the Lord. Drag it into his presence. Come on. Come on, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. He's here right now. 
He's here right now. There Come on. Is in the name of Jesus. Church, I need you to help me pray right now. I need you to help me pray all over this altar. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. There's deliverance here right now. There's freedom here right now. Come on, I'm coming out of this. I'm coming out of this. I'm coming out of this. Come on. I'm coming out of the tombs. I'm coming out of depression. I'm coming out of discouragement. I'm coming out of bondage. I'm coming out of addiction. I'm coming out of fear. I'm coming out of hopelessness. I'm coming out. Come on. Come on. Lift your voice. To break every chain, 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 break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every Open up your mouth uh, and call on the name of Jesus. Uh, open up your mouth and call uh, on the name of Jesus. He's listening. He's listening. He's listening. Come on. Come on. He's here right now. He's here. I need you, God.
somebody call on the name. Call on the name of Jesus. Call on the name of Jesus. Jesus! 